Are you looking for the best tips and tricks to run a successful dental practice? You're in the right place. Welcome to Bulletproof Dental Practice, interviewing some of today's most successful dentists with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Craig Spodak of the Bulletproof Dental Practice podcast and I'm very excited because I recently completed a podcast with Dr. Paul Etchinson from the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I guess that means I'm a hero. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. We had a great conversation and um, he asked me a lot of really good questions. I feel that a lot of good information was shared, so I'm really pleased to repost it here on our podcast. So take a listen, and I think you'll enjoy it. Make it a great day. Thanks, everybody. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Paul Etchison, and we're joined today by Dr. Craig Spodak. We're going to be talking about Invisalign, how to talk to your patients about Invisalign, and ultimately, how to get more of your patients to say yes. You're not going to want to miss it. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes Podcast. Today I am joined by Dr. Craig Spodak, who is a dentist in Delray Beach, Florida that has a 13,000 square foot practice. Uh, He is the founder of All Star Smiles Foundation, which is a foundation that uh, helps kids get the dental work that they need. That's with Giancarlo Stanton, the baseball player. Um, He's also been featured in the Tony Robbins book, Unshakable. He partners with Peter Bolden in the Bulletproof Dental Practice. He is in the top 1% of providers of Invisalign, a licensed pilot, conversant in five languages, and he lectures with Chuck Blakeman at the GOT Summit. He has about a million other things on his resume, but those are the big ones in my opinion. But you got got enough things there, Craig, to make any man feel small. Oh, come on, bro. I'm, <laughs> I appreciate the uh, kind words, but... Just like uh, the rest of us, I'm just trying to grow and get better. And I've been lucky to meet some wonderful people in my life and and gotten pulled along in some good directions based on those connections. Uh, speaking of John Carlo, by the way, I want to give a shout out to him. He just won the MVP award yesterday. Yeah, I saw that. So that's really great for him and for the charity as well. Uh, if anybody wants to get involved to learn more, allstarsmiles.org. Good stuff. Well, happy to be here, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, um, I'm excited to, to be a part of this. Awesome. So I thought, you know, I've heard you on a lot of other podcasts and we talk a lot of uh, management kind of leadership things. So I wanted to try to do something different with you. I want to talk about the top 1% provider of Invisalign. Uh, How many cases, I mean, how many cases a year is that? I think to be top 1% uh, is 200 cases per year. Wow. Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. I always get confused. Um, One thing as as a caveat, I've got um, I'm a big believer in self-managed teams. I know you're familiar with Chuck Blakeman and what we do with the God Summit, um, Get Up the Treadmill Summit. But um, the self-managed team is one of our most successful and longest-standing self-managed team is our Invisalign team. So my rep is constantly meeting with this group of people, and there's three or four ladies in the team, and I don't have a lot to do with that goal. I was actually shocked when, you know, three or four years ago we were doing, you know, 20, 30 cases, and the ladies on that team said, hey, we want to do 100. We want to go to elite. And I was shocked, but I didn't decide to say that's impossible. I allowed them the freedom and space to pursue that goal. And we got it. And then within a year, they're like, we want to go to 200 cases a year. And I also bit my tongue and didn't tell them that's freaking ludicrous. But we got that too. 
And in full disclosure, I was lecturing for Invisalign last night here in Florida. I had a, like a regional study club I was uh, presenting for Invisalign and Care Credit. And uh, they are releasing a new uh, criteria. So it used to be, it's now currently preferred premier elite uh, and then top 1%. So now it's going to be like, I only know the top tiers. It's platinum, platinum plus, diamond, and I think diamond plus. Mm-hmm. I actually told my Invisalign rep, can you just make it like Invisalign AF? Can you like do <laughs> yeah. like a level like that? Because I thought it'd be cool to have. Yeah. I thought it'd be so cool to like have a t-shirt like that, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like what what level are you? Premier? No, I'm Invisalign AF. Yeah, you know? bro. I, I don't know. <laughs> You know, you and I talk a lot, and I, I, I just wanted to go right to where you and I always go to. I know, I so we much do. fun with you. We, we were together at uh, at the Get Off the Treadmill Summit in Dallas, and I was like literally belly, I bowled over with laughter oh, just you. listening to you, man. It's it so fun. We, not a, not appropriate. The, the type no, of conversation we were having is probably not going to be beneficial for the listeners. No, but, I don't think uh, so. <laughs> we had so much freaking fun that night. Oh, it was great. It's awesome. So your three or four ladies that you have on your Invisalign team, wh- what are their responsibilities? What do they do? Okay, so it's a self-managed team. I know you're familiar with that. But for the ones that are not, it's, you know, it's this concept that Chuck and I talk about where stuff needs to be managed, people need to be led. No one really wants to be managed, but the stuff still needs to get done. So the Invisalign team started off and they wanted to pursue this high goal of uh, 100 and ultimately 200 cases per year. And they approached it very tactily. They were measuring um, the statistics of how many patients were coming in. Um, They were tapping into the hygiene base and we take photos on all our patients and they were highlighting people that could benefit from Invisalign. Then they were going in furthermore to highlight patients who had orthodontic adult orthodontic benefit and then they were also targeting people that we could do virtual scans on. We take the Itero, do a scan, email them the results. And that stuff uh, works very effectively, by the way. Uh, Tuesday is a non-clinical day for me, but I found out I hit like ten dollars or $12,000 in production on Tuesday. And I was like, how the hell did I do that? I wasn't in the office, but they called people that I had done uh, virtual scans on and people committed over the phone. So uh, things like that. But, uh, but I would be misrepresenting my... Um, talents and my work if I told you that I had a lot to do with my own Invisalign production. It's really driven by the team. Of course, I do the clin checks. Of course, I do the diagnosis, treatment planning, stuff like that. But it's being led by them. It's a really cool example of a self-managed team. Wow. So they're um, actually going out and finding the people that may want this and reaching absolutely. out to them. It's, a, it's 100% them. Wow. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm kind of renowned for going around the office, you know, people that are working two and three jobs and telling them, hey, why are you working, you know, at the, as a bartender on Saturday? Well, I need extra money. And I'll tell them, hey, why don't you just find a raise here? Like, get yourself a raise here. And when they're like, how do I do that? You know, you have to add value to the practice. So whatever way you can add value. And one of the ways is being on uh, you know, a smaller self-managed team, like an Invisalign team, because they are bonused according to their goals. Um, and it's not a bonus that's rewarding them for some sort of easily reached goal. It's a stretch goal. So if they can, you know, if I can do 50 more cases of Invisalign in 2018, I do not mind handing out, you know, five or 10 grand. Who would not, right. uh, my, who would mind doing that rather? You know, we, we stroke checks for Google AdWords and, and glossy magazine covers, but why not give it back to your team for proving the ROI? I mean, if, you know, if I'm going to make uh an extra 200 grand or 300 grand in Invisalign production. Why can't I afford to spend three or four grand on them? And in, in a true self-managed way, we don't um, hand it out to them individually. It goes to the team. 
they come up with a goal, they come up with a compensation uh, structure around the, the goal performance, and then they come up with how it's dis, uh, distributed through the team. So if there's someone on that team that's not carrying their weight, they're going to vote them off the team because they don't want to share that money. Wow. So cool. you, when you say the team, you're talking about your, your Invisalign team or your entire team because you have a really large team. Uh, no, it's, it's they're smaller self-managed teams. So we try to keep the performance and the money that's given for performance goals to a smaller, more actionable team. We used to have company-wide bonuses. We actually used to have this thing called Grab Bag, which was um, given me by Fortune Management. I used to be a Fortune Management client. And it was like this idea that like when you hit a certain goal for the day, there was a bag full of like 20s, 50s, and 100s, 10s, 20s, 50s, and 100s. And people would at random grab in the bag when you hit a certain production goal. So we had people pulling in 20s and 50s and stuff like that. But it really rewarded random activity. So let's just say you were part of the group that did like a full mouth case, like you were an assistant doctor combo that did like $40,000 in production in one day. Mm-hmm. Why is it fair that you worked your tail off and you may have pulled a $10 bill and some chick that like showed up for half the day doing like five cleanings got to pull a hundred. So it was rewarding people for random, random uh, action and, and that didn't feel good. So now we make everything very specific and we're trying to keep things as the base pace kept as minimal as possible because that's just the time for showing up and being here. But the performance pay, we want to make that a bigger portion of, of your, your salary and your take right. home. Yeah, I love so we're that. trying to keep everything, yeah, we're trying to keep everything to measurable goals. And people say like, oh, well, what the hell do I do? Because I just answer the phones. But like, if you can make sure that patients show up, that the uh, calls are being answered and no voicemails going on, and that people are confirmed and the schedule stays full, that has a real positive ROI to it. So everything can be measured into performance. Right, right. So tell me how, you know, you have, uh, I believe, 10 doctors working for you. Is that correct? Yeah, 10. 10. Okay. And some of those are specialists, I, I imagine. A lot of them are actually specialists. Okay. And so um, right now in GPs, I have to do that. Like I have to do finger math when I do this. <laughs> it's me, my dad, Evan, Tiffany, Kavita, Mike. So right now we have six GPs. Okay, six GPs. We just added a six. How, how do you get your, your Invisalign consults? Are these coming through hygiene? Are they coming from the other doctors? Um, or, or are they just coming directly with you? Like someone calls your office and will say, um, hey, I, you know, I'm really interested in Invisalign. Where, where did they get placed in, in, at your practice? Okay, so there's two questions you asked. The number one, where are they coming from? It's D, all the above, everywhere. So um, part, person comes in with a 80% overbite and a broken incisal edge bonding that they just had replaced one week ago and they're pissed off at Dr. Jones down the street for putting the bonding in it broke. I'm like, that guy's a jackass. I want you to do, the, do my bonding. We'll see that person because we're a little bit more occlusally aware and we'll say, hey, we'll do the strongest bonding known to man, but with your 80% overbite and the wear facets in your teeth, you're going to break our crap off too within a couple months. So we diagnose crowding. It's not, Invisalign in our office is not uh, or crowding and malocclusion is not a cosmetic issue. I do not consider myself a cosmetic dentist. I don't typically cut teeth down that are otherwise healthy for the sake of making them look better. I don't really believe in it. I'm not trying to knock anybody else. It's just not my personal brand of dentistry. Mm-hmm. I don't have veneers. None of my doctors have veneers. None of my doctors have anterior crowns unless they had trauma. Uh, my dad I'm, never had them. My grandfather and also a dentist. I'm a third generation dentist. None of us have ever had any cosmetic dentistry. So I don't really believe in that. It's just not my thing. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say anything bad about it, because I know a lot of uh, I have friends who are really well-known cosmetic dentists. I do find it interesting, Paul, that my friends who are like major cosmetic dentists, like world-renowned guys, 
don't have veneers themselves. I, I find that interesting because I've had Invisalign myself, but we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we just we just think of like a malocclusion as part of something. You know, if you want to keep your teeth a lifetime, we never try to tell people like, hey, if you don't do Invisalign in a month or a year, you're going to be like totally up the creek because occlusal disease is a long term, um, more chronic disease process, somewhat like high blood pressure, although it doesn't have the same consequences. But your teeth will always get worse over time, and the ma- the effects of crowding, you know, when your teeth are not sliding, but they're actually colliding together, there's more chipping, breaking. So if the teeth are in an ideal position, your teeth will need less dentistry. And we can all agree in my practice that the best dentistry is the least amount. God makes the best teeth. We don't want to mess with people's teeth. Mm-hmm. So if we can keep your teeth natural, we think it's a, we think it's a positive, and a way to do that is in our practice with Invisalign. So a lot of people come in. We have to be careful because they coming in for a chipped tooth and we're trying to, you know, sell them Invisalign and that can rub people wrong. So we have to make sure when we talk to patients, it's not like, Hey, you know, you ever thought about Invisalign? Well, no shit, man. I'm here for a fucking cleaning. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> you know, like, why are you trying to get me to spend five, six, seven, whatever the practice, uh, five, four, five, six, seven grand. So it's a kind of a touchy subject. You have to be careful when you talk about it. So we take photos in every patient. We put a photo up. We tell people what's going on. We show people their protrusive grinding habit. We pick up a mirror and do the dental gymnastics with them. We say, slide your teeth forward. And everybody says the same thing. I don't move my teeth that way. Mm-hmm. I, my teeth don't go there. Well, look at how nicely they fit together. Right. Or we'll do an outcome simulator on them and show them what the results are. We'll track their movement over time. But one thing we want to impress upon people is occlusion and malocclusion and crowding is an incipient disease process. It is a disease the, manif- the, the effects are not you know, the same as heart disease, but over time it will start to um, cause problems for you. And I, I always tell patients this is not going to happen in a year or two, but over seven to ten years it will get worse. Mm-hmm. And it's something you want to pay attention to. Um, so we, we find the reasons to do it beyond cosmetics. It's not typical, I want to get Invisalign, I have a wedding in six weeks. It's not that type of thing. Although that does, that does sometimes happen. And also the doctor locator. So we're ranking really high in Invisalign. So Invisalign has the doctor locator where they actually send us patients. So, um, you know, it, it works, but it's a conversation that everyone needs to start having. So if you're the only person in your office as a doctor or hygienist listening, the only one talking about Invisalign, your practice will never grow. You have to have an aligned team to, to make it happen. So it sounds like you're saying that you're not talking to the patient at all about you're, you're going to have this big, beautiful smile. You're going to be so much more confident. It's more of a health thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't hit the cosmetic angle. Mm-hmm. It's always functioned for me first. So like, it's funny because being healthy looks good. Healthy teeth look good. Fit people look good. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, we, and dentistry is the same. So when your teeth are healthy... And your, you know, health means we can all argue what's a healthy mouth. You know, when you pull 10 dentists in a room, we do this with our dentists, we pull up slides of x-rays and teeth. Is this a healthy mouth? So we may say no caries, no periodontal disease, healthy mouth. Mm -hmm. But what about crowding? What about abfraction? You know, there's all different levels. So a person comes in like total disaster meth mouth. You're not talking about Invisalign. It's like, you know, you have a car that has no tires and the engine's not installed. You don't talk about a paint job. Right, right. But there's, there's incremental lines of health. And in, in medicine, it's always focused about just getting you unsick. In the medical world, like guys like you and me, Paul, we're, we're fairly healthy. We go into a medical doctor. We're like, hey, I want to get really, really healthy. They're like, man, get the hell out of here. You're healthy. <laughs> the guy after you has diabetes and, 
you know, you can walk up a flight of stairs, you're fine, get yeah. out of my waiting room, I got to go get people unsick. And that's medicine for you. Many dentists practice like that. Like, so the many dentists are like, you're totally healthy. But it's not true. You're not totally healthy. Your mouth is not totally healthy in just the absence of caries or periodontal disease. If you have wear, you have a more incipient, slow, chronic problem, but you don't have the problem of periapical pathology or, you know, plus three mobility in your front tooth. Yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. So we just changed the definition of health. And we're talking about optimum health. And it's a very careful thing. So you got to make sure you're talking to patients. I am not telling you your teeth are going to fall out tomorrow. So do not leave here and say, oh, my God, the guy told me I need Invisalign or my head's going to fall off. No, 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 no. Everything's going to be fine, probably for five, seven, even 10 or 15 years. But the point is, is if you want to do everything in your power to retain your teeth a lifetime, this is a good idea to do it. It's just like, do you have to do an oil change in your car every you know, 10,000 miles, you don't have to, it'll run. Mm-hmm. But if you absolutely plan on keeping that car for 15 or 20 years, you will do all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when you have patients coming in and they're, they're not really looking for Invisalign, and like you said, you can come off salesy and you don't want to rub anyone the wrong way. Um, how do you keep it or what kind of verbiage do you use um, to kind of keep it so it's soft selling that you're not pushing the person so that they're going to go write a one-star review on their on Google saying that you tried to upsell them all this stuff and, and, and keep it so that, you know, the patient feels like you care about their health? Well, it's a really simple question to answer. We don't sell anything in this practice. Nothing's sold. And no one wants to be sold. Our job as healthcare providers is to educate people. If people know what we know, they'll do the right thing unless they can't afford it. So if you told me, if, you, if I hired you, and pe- you got to remember, people are hiring us for advice. As a dentist, they're coming in as a new patient or existing patient. They're paying us for advice. So you have to tell people, like, this is, this is what's going on. These are the long-term effects of what it is. If you had a roofing inspector come and look at your roof, and, he told, and you said, just tell me everything because I plan on living in my house for 10 or 20 years, mm-hmm. you would be mad at him if he said, there's a very small hole in your roof. We're going to watch it. Um, it's likely to get a lot worse, and possibly on Thanksgiving dinner in two years from now, your whole goddamn roof is going to cave in on you. That's a great It's going to cost a lot of money, but, yeah. but we're going to watch it. Yeah. Well, do they ever close up these holes in the roof? Like, do sometimes, like, automatically, like, you know, like some sticks or shit falls in there and the roof hole closes? No, it never happens. They always get worse. I've been doing it for 20 years. A leak in the roof always gets worse because water travels along the lines of the, where the joists are, the roof joists, and, the, and it always gets worse. Okay, cool. But I'll see you in 10 years. When my, you know, so, so why do we do that? Right. So um, our job is to educate. Don't be concerned with selling. Educate people because even if you don't sell but you educate them, you're actually creating value and it's money in the bank. So don't be concerned about whether or not you got the case or not. Be concerned if people understand you and understand the long-term effects. If your goal is to make sure people abundantly understand the, the, the uh, um, effects of the decision, you're going to be a rock star dentist. Yeah, I love that analogy with the roof as well. That's awesome. So you mentioned iTero. You're using iTero to take scans for Invisalign and do the simulation? Yeah, yeah, personally, and I don't work for iTero, I'm not paid by iTero or, any, or Invisalign for that matter. I do lecture for Invisalign, but um, it's basically charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you're listening to Invisalign, you may want to talk about that. <laughs> uh, talk to me about that. But, but I, I don't believe you're really doing Invisalign without iTero. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. 
Because imagine, like, you know, have you ever, Paul, like, what, what car do you drive, Paul? Uh, I got an Escalade. Okay, an Escalade. So it's basically a fancy Tahoe, right? Right. It's just nicer. It's, it's a more well-appointed Tahoe. And you decided that it was worth it. You know, you decided to pay that extra ten grand to get the Escalade. Right. So imagine if you drove a Tahoe uh, on a test drive, and I was a salesperson that had to convince you of what an Escalade is, and you just couldn't even grasp it. Like, you know, this is kind of like, well, it just smells bad and there's more leather. And like, you had to just describe it. And it's really challenging to do that, to sell something that no one's ever seen. But that's what dentistry is. We always have to sell them. It's like, it's like no one go. a lot of people go to the Mercedes dealership not wanting to buy an S class. They're going to say, okay, I can, I can afford 350 a month. I'll get a C class. And then, you know, the S class was in the showroom and the guy's taking some time running the numbers. You're like, let me just sit in the S class or let me sit in the E class. And then you're like, you know what, let me just take it for a test drive. I'm like, damn it, this thing is freaking sweet. It smells this way. And look at the leather. Oh, my God. And then you start figuring out how to like liquidate your 401k to freaking pay for it. So you fall in love with it. You fall in love with the experience. And then you figure out a way to buy it. So dentistry is the exact opposite. How do, here's, it's going to cost six grand. Let me try to imagine what it's going to be like. Right. That's the hardest shit ever. Yeah. We have a hard job. So I tarot first of all, has a massive halo effect because I don't choke you with impressions. In six minutes, I have a scan simulated smile up in your, of your mouth and an outcome simulator showing you everything. That is amazing. And then of course, no one leaves my office without emailing that simulation. So even if they're like, let me think about it. Well, we need, let's email this to you. Would you like a copy of it? Absolutely. And then they email to other people to show what their simulation is going to look like. So you've just basically allowed them to test drive their Mercedes. Does it cost money? Yes. Does it cost time? Yes. But we're all spending money throwing it into the wind for advertising, each one of us, whether it's Google AdWords or, you know, or some brochure or some glossy magazine, we just chuck money out the door. Mm-hmm. This is an investment on someone who's already been in your office. They like you enough to come in. It's not just throwing it out in the wind. Yeah. And, you know, so, I would say that with the iTero, I was looking at the uh, in an Invisalign seminar not too long ago. And I do not have an iTero. I have a Omnicam, which the the digital scanning is uh, well. It's not that great, at least for the, the no. The it totally stuff. sucks. Yeah, yeah I hate we it. use it for a week. It sucks. I have two Omnicams. Oh, I love my yeah. Omnicams. Yeah, I love it for the, the single. But not for Invisalign. Stuff. Yeah, not for Invisalign. It's like but, I like I like my bike. I just don't want to go to New York on it. <laughs> so we ended up doing uh, free clin checks on patients, and I wish we could get more patients to do it, but every single one that has seen a ClinCheck has gone forward with treatment. And I could see that being the same with that iTero, and, and, and man, how nice would it be just to turn that around in six minutes? I mean, wow, that's cool. Well, I mean, I mean, an iTero is a no-brainer. No-brainer. I'm actually buying a second one. So I talked to the guy last night. I have an, I have an Element, which is a new one, which is the only one to get. If you get the old one, it's total piece of garbage. It doesn't do any of the functionality. But the new one's thirty grand. They'll give me five grand for my old one, so it's twenty five thousand. <clears throat> Twelve month interest repayment they'll give me. So all I have to do, you know, to 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 handle that, you know, is is I mean, for for you not having one is it's just it's an absolute no brainer. You really should because that outcome cylinder is so good, and then you don't have to send a clean check and all that BS. You can have it right on the spot because with clean check they're leaving your office. They forgot already. You have to call them back. This is before they go. True. Do the outcome simulator, whip it up real quick, manipulate a little bit, and email it to them. They love it. And they love seeing you manipulate it. Yeah. I mean, there's a cost to the PVS, too. Yeah. No, yeah. it's a no-brainer. No-brainer. Yeah, that's no-brainer. awesome. There's no, yeah, there's, that, that's a, 
absolute no brainer. Now, who's taking the scans at your office? Uh, not me. Awesome. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. I like it. Yeah. No. Why? Why? Why would you? Yeah. Right. I know it. Yeah. I, they can do it so fast. And patients are like, wow, that's it? That's everything? So fast, man. It's like five minutes, six minutes. Yeah. So so what would you, um, you know, you, you said your your whole team's on board with the male occlusion and the effects of male occlusion. I got two parts of this question. How do you instill that culture or what's a good way to train your team on that, I guess? Well, education. Same thing we do with our patients, education of the team. You know, it's all about, it's not a process. We really avoid processes. Like, uh, you know, at the God Summit, processes are the enemy you know, processes are part of the industrial revolution where it's like, just, you know, work the machine, you know, work in a factory, screw the nut on the bolt, don't ask questions, just do your damn job. And a lot of that's in dentistry. Like, you know, when you look at business as a whole, we've got iconic companies like Tesla and Google and Apple and Starbucks. Dentistry as a whole is like freaking JCPenney. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the way dentistry's run, it's like working at a JCPenney or Radio Shack. It's dead. And this whole idea about like how to like, train your team, just educate your team. Just make sure your team understands why you're doing what you do. Don't give them a problem. This is how you answer the phone. This is the, this is the script. Let people know, like make sure your admin team, you know, one of our biggest challenges in dentistry is our admin team. Like we, that's the place where it's the typically the lowest paying position, the highest amount of turnover and the least amount of experience in clinical dentistry. Mm-hmm. Your admin team has to rotate through your clinical department and know what they're do- what they're doing. But you know they should understand this stuff because it starts customer service and case acceptance starts on that first phone call. Yeah. So if you're if you're all about Invisalign and you're all about um, Itero and all that crap, but your your admin team, your front desk team doesn't know about that when they call, they're going to feel that. You know, and they're not going to know what they're talking about. So it's just gentle, persistent beating on that drum of education. Yeah, that's great. Constant advice. education. So we're kind of coming up on time here, Craig. I want you to give you a chance to talk uh, about the GOT Summit with Chuck Blakeman. And I, and I can say to the listeners, I've done this. I've been to the summit. And uh, if you haven't read any of Chuck's books, they're they're fantastic. But uh, Craig lectures at the summit as well. So talk a little bit about what is it about? What, what are uh, dentists learning from this stuff? Okay. Uh, well, thanks for bringing that up. So essentially, like we talked about, when you look at business as a whole, it's getting revolutionary. People are really embracing a new type of work and that work could be something different versus just showing up, turning your brain off and working on an assembly line. And Chuck's a big believer and, and so is general business in this idea that there's a new age in the industrial revolution called the participation age where people actually become more creative and dynamic. And I had an awesome experience, by the way, just calling Apple two days ago. <clears throat> I fractured my iPhone screen. I was speaking to an Apple guy on the phone, and I said, how do I get a new screen? He says, well, good news, you have Apple Care. You come into the uh, Apple store, and within three or four hours, we'll have you out with a new, you know, replaced screen. And I was like, he's like, the good news is it's only 25 bucks. I'm like, bro, I can't spend four or five hours in the Apple store. Mm-hmm. I'm really busy. I'm traveling a lot. Is there any other way? And he's like, well, there's, you know, I, don't, I guess you could buy a phone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll just drop a new phone. And he goes, wow, baller. That's what he said to me, <laughs> baller. And, and I thought that was funny because there's no script that would ever say, like, yeah. uh, tell one of your customers, baller. <laughs> but I love the fact that Apple has a type of culture that allows people to express themselves. And that's the new norm. So I'm not saying that someone should say, hey, I'm interested in Invisalign and your front desk girl should be like, baller. But, but you should create a culture where people can express themselves and express their humanity. So the God Summit is the whole idea that 
people don't need to be managed. So that's going to shake up a lot of the dentists listening there. People need to be led and stuff needs to be managed. Results need to be managed, but not people. And it's a new idea that people are not stupid. And, you know, you hear so many dentists saying, geez, my people are so stupid and they can't mm-hmm. learn. And, you know, God, these are, you know, people are not inherently dumb. These, a lot of the people who work in our offices are very successful in their private lives. We make them dumb by telling them what to do. And if you tell people what to do long enough, they stop thinking for themselves. We actually make them more dumb. So my challenge and Chuck's challenge to, to the people that come to the summit are we bring stakeholders with you. A stakeholder is an engaged employee. We all have some of them in our office. Even if you just have one, bring that person and give them the space to grow. I'm not saying them to go rogue. You can't let them go off on their own, but give, agree upon the results you want to see. If you tell your front desk team, we want to get everybody in the schedule called and confirmed, that's very different from we want to reduce our no-shows from 15% to 2%. Yeah. Because they'll, they'll tell you, hey, we, no-shows are not getting any better. Well, we called everybody. Well, what would you do? Well, we just called. We called. We didn't leave messages. We called. So you got to agree upon the result and then check in with people and get the result done. So that's what we focus on. We've got one coming out. We've got actually a group just canceled. We have five spots left. It's in Dallas, November 30th, gottsummit.com, got summit, stands for get off the treadmill. That's where Paul and I originally met. This is a level two summit. So this is designed to have your stakeholder or a very engaged person in your office come with you. Because if you go without that person, you're going to get all fired up and get excited and you're going to come back to your office and your team's going to be like, hey, Doc went to another CE course. <laughs> and in three days from now, that's going to all be gone, so just be patient. But if you have a stakeholder with you, someone that's engaged in your office, that's the person that's going to make action happen. And by the way, speaking of engagement and stakeholders, 84% of people that are currently employed in America are actively searching for another job, meaning their resume is out. So if you've got a team of five, that means like three and a half percent of your, or 3.5 people out of your five, or you have 10, eight, eight point four are literally trying to leave you right now. That's crazy. So engagement's at an all time low and people are looking for another job when all they really want is fulfillment and the ability to think. So this is a great place to come and I strongly encourage you to go. And the other thing is it's not designed to sign you up on some long-term consulting thing. I know, Paul, you said I'm good. I got the information I needed. You're acting on it. Yeah. And uh, you don't need to follow up with any long-term. This is not like a lost leader seminar where it's like, okay, now sign up for two grand a month. It's like, you're good. Go to this. Make make the tools actionable and practice them, and you don't need anybody's help. Yeah, and, and I will vouch that the, the seminar is fantastic. Um, I got five questions left for you, Craig. These are real quick ones. Tweet. And I didn't go over these ones with you before, so maybe we should have, but we'll see how this goes. No, I don't care, man. I don't All care. Right. Do you have a favorite quote? God, um, where focus goes, energy flows. That's probably one of my favorite ones. Excellent, excellent. Now, everyone that I know that's successful reads a lot. I know you read a lot because we talked about books. Uh, what are you reading right now? Um, I just finished Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. I loved it. I loved it. Um, one of his favorite quotes is... Um, um, be the leader you wish you had. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I read, uh, I'm reading a bunch of Richard Branson books at the moment. I'm reading losing my, or, um, finding my virginity. Uh, have you met Richard Branson? Else? Yeah. I spent a week on his Island, wow. which is pretty crazy. That is crazy. It was awesome. So if you could recommend just one book to everyone listening, what would it be? You know, 
There was a great book I read. I got to recommend two. Because okay. what I there's two things, and I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins, and Tony's a patient of mine, and um, Tony put me in his, his recent book, Unshakable, his best-selling book. Uh, I love that. That's for finance. But um, So Tony has this famous saying. He says, achievement and fulfillment are not always related. So you can get everything you ever wanted and be miserable, be totally unfulfilled, and we're all achievement chasers. And if you're listening to a podcast like this, you're interested in achievement, you're interested in growing. But um, at the end of the day, it's important to be happy. And achievement and happiness are not always completely related. So there's two books. One book is by um, Mark Manson. It's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. I, I just finished that. That was It's an amazing book. Yeah, and the reason why I recommend that first is because it preframes everything else. Um, and, and his main conclusion, as you know, and one of the main conclusions is that happiness is arrived at by solving problems. Happiness is not the absence of problems, but in the solving of them. So it's like, you know, no matter what you need to have problems and problems are not a challenge, it's surmounting them that makes you happy. So that's the first one. Cause that'll give you some fulfillment perspective, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And then right now, cause I just finished it. I really loved it. I'm going to say leaders eat last by Simon Sinek talks about leadership and how to be an epic, iconic leader. And that'll also feed your fulfillment. And both of these books will make you more of an achiever, but they're going to increase your fulfillment at the same time. And I love them both. Yeah. I really, I mean, Paul, you got to jump on leaders eat last. And actually you can do uh, the, the audible version because Simon Sinek himself um, narrates it. It's really badass. Cool. Cool. What was the most influential continuing education seminar you've ever taken? Um, Tony Robbins Business Mastery, for sure. Awesome. Without a doubt. Tony Robbins Business Mastery. Now, if Without you, any doubt. If you were to give a new... Actually, you know, you know, I'm sorry. What was the question again? What was the most, most influential continuing education or seminar you've ever taken? Okay, so not his... It was definitely a Tony Robbins course, but it was his date with destiny. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Freaking fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean, never it will one, just, but I want to. You have to do that, man. You must do it. I always tell people, and I can't say this generally out loud because i i'll say it to you yeah but paul if you sign up and do one of those courses and look me in the eye and say it wasn't worth the money you spent i will literally and i get no money from tony i will literally give you all the money you spent on it <laughs> right to you <laughs> like if you could look there me is an endorsement. No, that was a massive, no seriously like even if you spend like five grand on one and you can like facetime me and look at me in the eye and say i got no value or or not enough value or not sufficient value i'd give my own money to yeah, you I, I believe it'll it. change your whole freaking life yeah yeah love tony um, if you were to give a new dentist, this is the last question. If you were to give a new dentist only three pieces of advice, nothing more, what would it be? Um, never eat yellow snow. Okay. No matter how thirsty you are. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, uh, create a vision, a descriptive vision of where you want to be. And I, I like that for your life as well. Like just actually create a vision because most people plan more for a vacation than they do for their life. Um, Work on your leadership and your um, skills as a human being and as a leader as much, if not more, as your clinical skills. And the third thing, which is almost contradictory, is really focus on exceptional clinical dentistry. Don't put the money first. Put long-term results of the patient. Do what's right for them. Treat every patient like you would if it was your a loved one. Every single patient like a loved one. Wow. That's Whatever great that. stuff. Great stuff. So I, man, I wish we had more time to talk. We, we got to do this. Dude, again, I'm so sorry. No, yeah, that? I absolutely will. I absolutely will. 
But thank you for everything. I got a hard stop, which was six minutes ago, so I got people banging on my door to go check a patient. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, Craig. We'll do it again sometime. Awesome, bro. And share this with me, and I uh, wish you the best of luck, and I'm excited to follow and watch your progress, man. You're awesome. Thanks, Craig. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your hosts, Dr. Peter Bolden and Dr. Craig Spodak. Online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.